so that I can put in the intro and the buffer as I'm giving you some directions. Okay. Um, but essentially, um, I'll kind of do a little bit of an intro and stuff and then just bring you in and then you'll start to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you, what you do, um, especially in your profession, that kind of thing. And then we'll just kind of weave through some of those questions that I ended up sending you. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's very conversational and so it's not like real polished or, you know, even a lot of editing. The whole idea is that we're just sitting across the table from each other, just kind of figuring out, you know, what is life like as a Southern Baptist woman and specifically what you do. So, um, we'll just kind of volley back and forth and kind of chat through a couple of the questions and then, um, we'll record for about 30 minutes and then after that, we'll kind of close this out and then I'll stop recording and then that's it. And it's pretty easy. So, okay. And do you, you have any like questions? You can hear me well enough. I think so. I mean, it's pretty faint and I've got my volume all the way up. So I guess if you can just try to make sure that you're talking as close to the microphone as possible, the good thing is like, there's no scratching or anything like that, that I'm hearing. So, um, just more for the conversation side, if you can just make sure that you're holding or close to the microphone as much as you can be. And that may be awkward. Um, I don't know if you're having to like hold a tablet by your face, you know? (laughs) Well, I'm using the microphone that's on the headset. And so, because I couldn't figure out how to make it do like input in and then output on a different audio. Gotcha. So I'm trying to hold my, the cord closer to To your face. Yeah, I know. It's always so weird and everybody has different headphones and, you know, different things. So it's okay. We will, I can definitely go back and make it work, but maybe just try to project a little bit just so that I can hear you. And then I'll try to go in and adjust volumes and stuff once we're closer to it. So, okay. All right. Actually, I wonder... If there's a thing on here, can you talk just for a little bit? Sure. Um, are you? It's nice to meet you. It's so and nice to meet. You. <laughs> I listened to the other podcast and it was great. So, Do you know Casey? No, but I messaged her and said we have got to meet because of this connection, and she's with Giant, and I know Jeremy Kubicek who founded it, and yes, um, I have so many, you know connections. And so she said she comes into Oklahoma City for Target um, runs. And I said, well, let's try to set it up sometime. (laughs) Oh, good, good. I know she's such a sweet girl. So and so much to learn from. I think she'll be a really good resource. And y'all are really close to each other, which is nice. So and how do you know her? Oh my goodness. We, so randomly, we knew each other just from working an event together. Like Josh, my husband was speaking, we were dating, like we had just started dating. So that's how long ago it was. And then she was working the same kind of college retreat that he was speaking at. And so we met her and kind of just started chatting. And then we've just really kind of followed each other over, you know, the decades and stuff. And, um, and so got to see her get married and just her different and then even stepping into the giant position and stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think I've got it to where I can hear you as much as I'm going to hear you. And so we are, we are good to go. So are you good? I am. Unless you just think this is not trustworthy and you want to reschedule. I don't no, want to mess your... I think your... this is good. We can okay. always come back and reschedule, but since I've got you in the recording studio side of okay. things, I say we try and then I can always maneuver it. And if we need to come back, we can, but I really think it's going to be okay. So Okay. All right. All right. Well, let's get started. 
Hey friends, and welcome to an episode of At The Table. It's Jackie King, and as always, I am so excited that you're joining me with the conversation about women using their gifts in the Southern Baptist Convention and all across the planet. Today, we get to kind of shift gears a bit. I know we've talked a lot about women in the church and ministry um, within the church, and today our conversation is wrapping around the idea of women in the marketplace, which I know is such a huge um, place that most of you serve. And so in order to have that conversation, I have a new friend named Jana Gridley, so I want to welcome to the show Jana. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It's been a little bit of an issue with technicalities and stuff like that in just our days, and so we have done a lot of work to get to this point, and so I know that um, this conversation is going to encourage you and hopefully challenge you in a lot of different ways. So Jana, why don't you tell us a little bit about you? Where are you from? What do you do? Tell us about you. Well, currently I live and have for a while in Edmond, Oklahoma, which is just outside of Oklahoma City. Um, I'm married to um, my husband, Dan, of 16 years. We have two boys um, in sixth grade and fourth grade. And um, my husband and I both work downtown. Um, We don't carpool together, but we do get to meet up for lunch sometimes, which (laughs) is fun. And um, I am the marketing and brand manager for an organization of companies that do recovery um, for our customers. Um, It's subrogation, arbitration, collections. It's kind of a fancy way for saying that we we help uh, companies recover money, but I, I am in the marketing space and I have been for 20 years and have jumped around to a few different industries, but can always apply my, you know, marketing and branding and communication skills um, to the companies. I've been here about a year and um, we're about a mid-sized, about 200 employee um, company, but it's a big opportunity for me. It's a, it's a great um, position and I'm really excited to sink my teeth into some bigger Um, more corporate type projects um, at this point in my career and really form a department from the ground up. So um, I have lived in Oklahoma um, about 20 years, but I grew up in Texas. I was born and raised in Texas. So I miss miss it. (laughs) I love (laughs) it. I know the Tex-Mex and tacos. You can't get them anywhere else. I love it. So my, I have two sisters who still live there, but I do love Oklahoma. Oklahoma City has seen such a re- renaissance um, since the bombing back in nineteen mm. in the nineteen nineties, and um, so it's it's really just the city's just transformed um, all of the years that I've been here. So it's been an exciting time to be here and to plant roots and 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 really build a network. Um, so. I was born in Brownwood, Texas. We lived in Friendswood, Texas for a long time and then um, moved to Midland. So, Okay. All right. So had you always planned on going into marketing? Like, is that what you went to school for or how did that start? No, I didn't know what to do. I feel like (laughs) after uh, a while in college, I was ready to sort of start over. So we moved to Friendswood, Texas, when I was just about four years old, and I was kindergarten through 11th grade at um, Friendswood schools. And my dad was in the ministry from the time I was born. And in the middle of my junior year of high school, he accepted a pastorate position in Midland. Oh, goodness. And that was hard. And yeah. then when I graduated, I ended up going to Hardin Simmons University in Abilene, Texas. And I will get to your marketing question here, (laughs) 
by root of this. But all that to say, I felt like my college decisions just sort of changed depending on where I had been living at the time. I got a scholarship through actually a Southern Baptist speaking competition that helped me go to Hardin-Simmons, and they offered the best scholarship, so that's the school I chose. Mm -hmm. And um, got to Hardin-Simmons and really was interested in political um, ventures and broadcast journalism communications. Well, I ended up with a poli-sci major there, but that really wasn't the size or type of school to really specialize in those two areas. <laughs> and so it was a good school in some ways, but then in many ways I felt like I had maybe, I don't know, I, I think I second guessed had I made the right decision based on what I wanted to do career-wise. Mm -hmm. um, and so I graduated with the political science and communication degree, but by the time I was a senior, I was doing a lot of business classes and ended up graduating thinking I was going to do kind of the legal route. I didn't know if I wanted to go the political route or did I want to try to go into business, although I just didn't feel as prepared um, as I would have, I think, if I had started out as a declared business student. So yeah, yeah. all that to say, I felt like I had several paths to choose and I had the skill set and the talent for those. And I just kind of started trying. <laughs> I love um, that. Different ways to see what would work. And so um, the law, the legal route didn't really pan out. Um, I didn't, I started law school and I left. Um, and then I got into the nonprofit sector um, and felt like I could use communication skills, kind of project management for some special things and did that for a few years. So to finally answer your question, I feel like I didn't know what where to land um, mm -hmm. and that I had a few opportunities. Um, I actually did some state government here in Oklahoma right when I moved here. Didn't really want to go that route. Didn't want to leave my family and go to D.C. I just didn't know what to do. And so finally, after a few years of working here in those other sectors, I got a job um, as a part of a marketing communications team for a telecommunications company that was here. And then I really felt like, okay, this is where I can really dig in, learn, grow, move on to other businesses, other industries, but stay within marketing. Um, and so it, it was roundabout, but um, I've done that ever since, and I still feel like I have so much to learn, but um, things continue to evolve with technology as we experienced this morning. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Trying to do the podcast. And so in marketing, that's <laughs> always changing things and business is exciting to me. So so that's a roundabout way that I feel like I came into my career. And I know yeah. I'm not the only one. I know no, that, that absolutely is not. the path for a lot of us. But yes. I think I've actually seen that as a thread in a lot of the women that I've been talking to and just, I didn't know what I was going to do. And so I tried over here and I tried over here. And um, I know one of the biggest things and even just the trying is how much you learn and pick up even from those things that you're not necessarily fully doing mm -hmm. as a job, but it's something that you learn that you're able to bring into the current sphere that you're you're working in. So uh, definitely a common theme, I think, whether you're um, vocationally in ministry or you're in the marketplace or... I mean, it really just stretches across to everybody, right? So 
I want to talk a little bit about a new ministry that you are part of starting there in Oklahoma City called Polished. So can you tell me a little bit about what Polished is, what the goal is, and even how you got involved in it? Oh, yes. And I'm so excited to talk about Polished. So Polished is um, an organization, an outreach ministry um, that gathers young professional women together. We always say to navigate career and explore faith. Um, It's an outreach ministry that targets an underserved demographic, and that's young professional women. Um, And when we say young professional women, it really ranges from like 25 to 45. And I'm on the upper end of that spectrum, but I have been in business, you know, for about 20 years, been out in the, in the workforce, and I've also been a Christian that whole time. I've been a, a church member. Um, as the years evolved, I became a wife and then a mom. Um, and I've always been a part of ministry at the church. But when I started this new job and just kind of began to have a pivot of you know, start new beginnings. I was just kind of looking around at things that I did in my personal life, my professional life, and in my church life. And I have just always kind of had this nagging feeling about the professional side of me and my skills and the things that I bring to the table never really being utilized at the church or in ministry. And so I began to just sort of ask God to reveal to me how he wanted me to serve, I have done it all. I've taught Bible studies. I've volunteered in the nursery. I've taught seventh grade girls Sunday school. And I would do anything that they ever would, you know, ask me to do. But I really wanted to find my calling. And um, at the same time, wanted a, a professional organization to be active with. And so I began to look around and I knew Oklahoma City did not offer anything like this. And I thought, well, a couple friends said, you should, you should start something. I said, well, <laughs> that can be kind of hard to do. So through some divine encounters, I discovered Kat Armstrong, who's the co-founder and executive director of Polished. And she started the organization back in 2008 in Dallas and, you know, had already had this perfected, well, I say perfected system for duplicating this um, model in several cities in Texas. And so we began talking in June of last year, and we just had our second polished event on Tuesday of this week. Yeah, I saw Um, pictures of that. Pretty cool. It's so exciting. And so all that to say, it's just the passion of my life right now. I mean, um, I feel like I was maybe looking for a community or a club of Christian professional women to come together and maybe feel some validation or just a sense of camaraderie. And the fact that it's really an outreach ministry, I feel like God gave me what I asked for, but then really even more so because the purpose isn't just to pat ourselves on the back or, you know, kind of cry together or (laughs) Mm -hmm. share stories or learn from each other, but it's, it takes it up a notch to, um, share the gospel with young professional women that we can invite to our meetings and then to equip women who are believers 
um, to serve and mm-hmm. to enter into their calling and to use their spiritual gifts and their skills. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so tell me a little bit. I'm familiar with Polish, but probably um, some of our listeners are not. So when you talk about an event and having an event and even reaching out to some of these young professionals, what does that look like? What have you done? So what we do is a monthly lunch. We have it at a restaurant downtown that has a great meeting space. We um, have it on the same time, you know, every month that we meet the first Tuesday of every month and um, we gather together for um, networking and we get our lunch and, you know, there's a lot of um, fun, just visitation happening for the first 20 minutes. And then the second set of 20 minutes um, after our co- my co-director does a lot of the emceeing, I um, interview our featured guest. And through that interview, we hear about her story as a professional, so kind of her career journey. Um, and then we also are hearing about her faith in Christ and how it shapes her life, how it's impacted her career. Um, and it's very open-ended from there. I mean, we may be hearing about a particular topic that she works in or um, maybe a, a specific part of her testimony. But in general, we're we're going to finish that time with her really getting to know her heart, her faith, her testimony, but then also hear about her professional journey, what she does now, what she used to do, um, and just how those two, we really want to see how those two topics are very interrelated and mm-hmm. that we don't have to really segment our faith from our work um, or from any other aspect of our life. Yeah. And then the last um, um, portion of 20 minutes, we kick it back to the table and we have um, team leaders on our set of volunteer uh, team that are pre-planted at each of those tables. And we've already developed some open-ended discussion questions and the leaders guide their table through those. and. You know, ultimately, it can end with prayer requests being shared. Um, we follow up with girls after the event, and so we may specifically reach out and pray about those requests shared. Um, someone may request just time to talk and have coffee and get to know someone. Um, we want to to invite them to go to church with one of us if they don't have anywhere to go. Uh, we want to give them a Bible. Um, you know, and ultimately, we would love to to introduce them to Jesus and share the gospel with them. We do share the gospel at the event. Um, and so um, that's generally the model. And we've had two luncheons, like I mentioned. Um, this week we heard from a local news anchor um, named Robin Marsh. And then last month we heard from Lauren Green McAfee, um, who works full-time for Hobby Lobby. And mm-hmm. she's a part of uh, the Green family that, um, started Hobby Lobby that um, started the Museum of the Bible. And so it was just really fascinating to hear from her. So that's that's the setup. We may do some special events um, in the evenings or, you know, a couple of times a semester. But for the most part, this is a weekly, I mean, a monthly, excuse me, um, opportunity for women who are in church or not um, to gather together and, and learn about how to integrate their faith and their work and even into other areas of their lives as well. 
There is just so much goodness that I think that you just talked about. Like I love, um, and a lot of what even this podcast is that women connect with stories. They connect with other women that are walking the same paths that have the same heartbeats and stuff like that. And so even as you were kind of describing what y'all do of just how you get up and you interview and you kind of hear her story of how she developed not only as a woman in the marketplace, but then also how Jesus kind of collided into that. And I think that's ultimately what what we all love to hear is connecting with these stories and even being challenged by um, the development or the um, camaraderie, I think, in some of the similar stories that we have um, being shared and stuff. So I think I think that's so neat um, just because that's kind of what this is too. You know, it's just mm-hmm. women sharing their stories of how they got plugged into the SBC, how they came to faith, how they are walking with Jesus, and then how they're using their gifts. And you also said something about how women typically a lot of times in the marketplace will separate their work and their faith. So I kind of want to unpack that a little bit. Where do you think that came from and how do you see that changing um, as this conversation is kind of being broken out a little bit and they're merging the two? Um, Why do you think that it became that way to where it was so segmented? Well, I have a few thoughts on it. One is I don't think it's necessarily related to women. It's just that I happen to be a woman, and sure. so I can relate. And and I, you're right. I said that, and I think that that's true. I just have noticed, as I've been leading in polish, that men are probably struggling, maybe even more, because mm-hmm. I think women do have more of a tendency to open up with each other um, about things that aren't work related. What I am noticing is, so in particular, women, but I do think it's both. I just think that we get, maybe it's fear, maybe it's, we just think that that's not appropriate for the workplace or or how would it even come up? Because what I'm not trying to do is walk around with my Bible, you know, to every business meeting I go into or, you know, to talk about Jesus every time I'm at the coffee pot mm-hmm, <laughs> with right. someone. So right. so it's subtle and I think it's I think it's happening with anyone. I mean maybe even with stay-at-home moms. I don't know, but I think that people are either afraid or they're just not tapping into I think the passion and the potential that that God can do with their life to tell their story. To, to try to impact another life. And what I'm noticing, and I think I had always been this way, but now I'm much more purposeful about it, is I want to love the people that I'm around. And I want to show them a smile. I want to show them a positive attitude. I want to say hi to someone who's in the restroom crying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to not gossip with my coworkers. Um, Anything I can do that helps people see Christ in me and the difference that that looks like in my life and my daily activity versus someone who may not know him. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, when I've looked for girls even to invite to Polished or especially when I've looked for speakers to invite, that's been very enlightening is I may know them in the business community, but when I stop to think, well, wait, are they a believer I really have to think, have I seen any signs? You know, because I may not know them very well, and I may right. think, well, I'd like to see if 
they might be a potential speaker and I look on their social media or I think about conversations we've had or, and, and that's what was really convicting to me was if someone ever had that thought about me, would they know, would they say, oh yeah, I, she talks about church or, you know, the way she acts, I can tell she's a believer. I don't maybe know what denomination or whatnot, but you know, is there, are there signs uh, of that in my sprinkled around, you know, in my activity and in my speech? Yeah, I think those are all such good practical things to um, kind of latch onto. And I think one of the words that you said was just being intentional, being intentional at the coffee shop, being intentional um, in the copy room, you know, and who else is kind of around you even as you're doing monotonous, tedious things, right, in your job. Right. Um, and just being intentional. And I think that's a message just for everybody, whether it's you're at Target or you're mm-hmm. um, in your workplace or you're in your community. There's just such a challenge there. I think to take every single moment and every single opportunity of who's in front of you and how can you show Jesus to them. And that could be something super simple, right? Like it doesn't have to be opening up um, an entire conversation about the gospel. It could be something really small, but then at the same time, you definitely want to take those opportunities to where um, the Lord and the Spirit have been working and you're able to actually open your mouth and share the message of Jesus. So Talk to me a little bit about um, just some of the struggles that you have seen, not only in your own life, but even the women that you're kind of starting to network with now through Polished, of what are what are like the hard things or the hard balances that y'all are really having to tackle in the marketplace and really trying to combine that faith and work aspect of your life? What are some of the challenges that you see most? Hmm. I think... Maybe it still springs off of what we were just now discussing, but taking maybe small little steps, but that are very courageous, Mm. you know, um, stop to stop doing things that they had been doing, um, to, to carve out time. That's always been a challenge for me to make sure I'm carving out time intentionally to continue to develop my um, my walk with Christ, to make sure I'm, you know, maybe not working so much, to balance the work out with my family, with the work I need to do to to read the Bible or to pray or to do ministry. You know, now that I'm so excited about polished, <laughs> I really want to do a lot of that work and maybe not not work my actual yeah, job as don't much. Do so the actual job that pays I, you, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a balance issue. And then I think there's just unique ways that like, I'm looking at the girls, I'm thinking about the girls that are on our team. And I, one of the, it's made me so, so happy. So I'm so excited that I'm learning to share the gospel with women. But something that's been really moving for me is to watch the women on our team most of them are volunteering in some sort of ministry capacity for the very first time. Hmm. And to see them prioritizing polished when they can around their jobs, you know, I think that's probably, like I mentioned, time management and boundaries. But I think to see them be so excited and to take little risks, like mm-hmm. I'm going to invite my coworkers or I'm going to try to spend more time on polish this week around a busy job. Um, so I think that that's part of it. Um, 
And that may sound, I don't know if that sounds simple. Um, like I said, I don't feel like we're all in these dramatic struggles of how to share Christ at work, but it's just taking these small steps to step out and, and let people know yeah, I'm yeah. a part of this ministry to, to not just call it a professional women's organization, but to actually have to say, we are exploring faith together. We are learning about how a relationship with Jesus and knowing the Bible can help us um, with decisions that we make in our lives. I think to be able to say those things is really not as common as you would think, or maybe mm. you do agree. <laughs> um, I, I think it's just helping women who are coming and women who are leading to be bold yeah. and to to just on purpose say that during one lunch a month, I'm going to learn how to do this better. And I'm mm. going to, to have some um, women around me that I share a lot in common with who may not look like the other women at my church. And um, I think that that's really helpful to do those things together, whether it's ask questions about faith, and they might have been really scared to do that before, or um, to invite a friend. Maybe they've never done that before. Mm -hmm. You know, they've never said, would you like to come to this luncheon with me? And what if, you know, we all ask those questions. What if people think I'm weird? What if people think I'm pushy? Um, but, you know, I invited two of my co-workers to our first meeting and I had to just be bold and do it because what if they hated it? What if they have a real aversion to the church or to yeah, Jesus and what right. if will that damage our work relationship? You know, I mean, I think it's just stepping out and doing that knowing you're in this work community and you have to be respectful and loving, but you, and professional, but you can also, you know, get to know, that part of them and introduce them and see where it might go. Mm -hmm. I want to kind of throw this um, question at you, so I don't really know how you're going <laughs> to, you might feel a little bit on the spot, but I find it really interesting that you're saying that there's a group of women that they've never volunteered before, and then they're volunteering in this for the first time. Why do you think that is? Um, a couple of thoughts. One is, I don't know if their churches have asked them to. Oh, that's good, um, yeah. One is um, they, they feel a special connection. Maybe they trust me or they feel a special connection to our mission. And they think, you know what? I love women. I love being a working woman. I mean, those are a lot of the reasons why I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do think a little bit of it might be no one's asked. Um, yeah. And in their churches, I know two or three of the girls on our team, they are not married and they do not have husbands. Um, and they are in church, but they feel lost. They don't know where to go. They don't necessarily have a community group. Um, their women's ministry doesn't really target their demographic. Mm -hmm. Um, and they don't really know where to go. And, and I feel like this was like, ah, this is where I belong. You know, they, they feel a connection to our mission and our demographic and, and they want to lead out in this way. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
I think that's so good. And I think it's good truth for a lot of us to hear, especially those of us that are working within the church and within, you know, women's ministry and those kind of things. Obviously, that's my background. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a really big challenge to us, um, not only women in ministry in the church, but even like our male leaders as well. Like, I really feel like our women in the workplace are such an untapped resource. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where the divide came. And that's kind of why I ask because. Um, you know, obviously they're juggling a lot, you know, and, and balance and work and church and kids and family and all of that is on the table. But I think there is so much beauty and depth and even development that has happened within the marketplace that hasn't happened within the church. And so you've got these amazing female leaders and entrepreneurs, you know, walking around your church building that have such incredible, um, just incredible things to bring to the table, right? And Mm -hmm. we don't tap into that at all. We know, yes, that's our job, but then we don't think, how can we bridge what they're doing and what they're gifted at there Mm -hmm. and then bring it to the church? And so I think it's a huge um, challenge for us to really kind of think through how are we incorporating these women? How are we finding out what their gifts are? And how is how are we really trying to bring them into what we're doing within the church so that not only is it looking just like, um, I don't know, just like a cookie cutter way of doing ministry. I think they bring so much creativity and gifting that we just have completely untapped. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to add anything on that? <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, I just listened to a podcast with Jen Wilkin and JD Greer and Jen was talking about how the village church looked at roles that maybe existed or needed to be created and they purposefully said okay this may have been filled by a male does it have to be Mm. um and and i really loved that and i agree i mean i think there's women like me who like i said earlier i'll do a job if i'm able to but for one, it may not be the best use of my skills. And two, there's a lot of jobs I can't do. I cannot volunteer for vacation Bible school. Mm -hmm. I can't, you know, I don't really want to work in the kitchen on Wednesday nights. I don't have the schedule for it. Um, I felt like, and I've been in the church the, my entire life and I am not upset about this, but I have often, often, often thought, where do I fit here? Because I'm being ministered to as a wife, I'm being ministered to as a mom, but I have a lot of other um, interests and skills. And like you said, there's women walking around who are being utilized in the marketplace and companies are tapping this resource of, of talent that they have. And you know, good leaders, whether they're men or women, are saying, who do I need that knows more than me to be in my organization? And they're including women. And Mm -hmm. yet, especially I can only really speak as a member of the SBC, where it just doesn't feel like that's happening. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, we've got to kind of wrap up. I have so much more to talk about, and so I, I feel like we're going to have to do another episode. But real quick, because we've got to wrap this one up, I would love for you to encourage our listeners that are in the marketplace, that are in the same space that you are, um, that are doing day in, day out, the balance and kind of figuring that out. How would you encourage those women that maybe feel like they're kind of pushed aside or not utilized? What would your encouragement be to them? The first thing I would say is that your work that you're doing 
can be for the Lord. Mm-hmm. And so whether you're doing any ministry technically or not, I started to look at my work and my day as this is unto the Lord. I want him to work, bless the work of my hands at this computer. I want him to do whatever um, he can do through me where I am in this in this office. Um, and I think that all of our work can bring glory to God. All of our spending decisions can bring glory to God. Anything that we have, I think we can thank God for and, and dedicate to him. And so I think that meant a lot to me to hear and read over the course of this past year, especially that my work can bring glory to God. And I'm not, I'm not being um, overlooked by um, work that maybe maybe some denominations or viewpoints think that women can only do certain work that brings glory to God. I just don't see that in the Bible. I, I don't agree with that. And so that would be the first thing I'd say. And the second would be to continue to ask God to show you where you can be used. That's what I did. I felt like I asked him and asked him and asked him. And I just had a curious, um, tenacious kind of research mentality of what is out there that I can do? What seems to fit with me? And I tried things and I, you know, they may or may not have worked or clicked with me, but Mm -hmm. I just kept asking him, how can I be used? And what I see with Polished is kind of this convergence of this is exactly what he wants me to do right now. And not only does my heart line up with it, but my the contacts I've made over all these years in business, the networking skills that I have, the heart for women that I have, it's all like it's all in the job description of what I'm doing now. And that is so fulfilling. I think when we are in step with him and doing what it, it feels right, it clicks. And mm-hmm. um, how great if we were, you know, I think feel like one day that'll that will be how it feels to have that fulfillment um, in him in heaven. But um, those those are probably the two pieces of advice. And the other is, I think finding a network like you're doing, Jackie, this, this is bringing women together. And there's something about us getting together, just like with Polish, where we kind of go, oh, you, f- you think that too? Me too. You know, yeah. and it just, it feels so good. And, and that's what I did this past year too, was I got on Twitter. I I let one contact lead me to the next just to have a network of women that I could learn from, hear from. I wanted to be a part of that conversation that I started, you know, picking up on about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And it has just made me feel validated. Um, I'm not crazy in what I'm thinking or dreaming, you know, that it exists (laughs) out there and that there's other people like me. So absolutely. I think that's such a good word to close on that the entire reason why we have the SBC Women's Leadership Network is for conversations like this and for all of the listeners that are connecting to you and thinking, yes, she she did it. She got a little bit of courage and she you know, started this once a month meeting and it seems so complex. I know there are a lot of details that you know you have to work through going to it, but at the same time, it's just a once a month meeting, you know, and, and we can do that, right? Like we can, we can invite people into life and those intentional moments. And so um, I know you mentioned the network. 
a great way to connect with other women all across the SBC and to connect with other people that are specifically in your lane and what you're doing with your life and, and working out your giftings is through our Facebook group. So if you're not a part of our Facebook group, hop onto our website at www.sbcwomen.net and there is a link in the connect form. And um, so that can take you to our Facebook group and you can get in there and there's already so much conversation and dialogue and celebrating. It has been so cool just to go through the Facebook threads and see people introduce one another and connect with one another and say, Hey, I do social media too, or I do marketing over here. or I'm in the same area. Um, and so, so much of what we're doing with this network is you guys and you being able to connect and empower and encourage one another in your own spheres of how you're influencing on the planet. So we are out of time, but Janet, again, I cannot thank you enough just for for this conversation. And I really do feel like it was just kind of the very tip of another conversation that we're going to be having later on. So I hope to have you back, but I just want to thank you so much for your time and just your story and your willingness to go be Jesus in the workplace. Uh, well, thank you. And I feel the exact same way about you and the bravery and the steps that you've taken. I know it takes a lot of planning and behind the scenes work to do what you've done. And I think a lot of bravery too, Jackie. So oh. I um, really am excited to be a part of this group and I thank you for, for organizing us. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for that encouragement. It does mean a lot. I am going to put your Twitter follow um, to where people can follow you on Twitter in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Jana, if you're a girl in the marketplace, then make sure that you connect with her over on Twitter. And um, we want to thank our sponsors, the CSB, who are completely making this possible. We are so thankful for them. And I hope that you'll join us next week on another episode of At the Table. Keep going, girls. <laughs>